Hello, and welcome to the Bardic Inspiration. Let's talk about angels today. What are the three types of angels? So the three there are going to be the Deva, the Planetaire, and then the Solar. Yeah. And they all have different abilities, they all have different stats, um, and uh, do we want to split them up separately or just discuss them as a whole? Well, yeah, they're lowly angels, and there's the medium important angels, sure. and then there's the archangels. <laughs> yeah, basically. So my way of seeing it is if you look at them separately, Deva's are sort of like your common everyday angel. Your pawns. They can, yeah, they can um, disguise themselves as uh, other humanoids. Um, and they are essentially what I would imagine is like sort of like the gods and forcers on the material planes, in addition to basically their common, like, loyal angelic followers in the upper planes. They're naturally all angels are but in particular devas are very capable healers um they have an ability called healing touch so they can just magically uh heal people of disease poison heal people they can also get rid of curses or blindness or deafness and they also can they can fight uh they're they're decently good fighters all angels have a benefit of getting radiant damage to their attacks so while a Deva's natural fighting ability isn't the most impressive, they also deal radiant damage, which is... It adds a nice punch to what they can do. I believe all the angels have uh, a, like a greater form of that damage and healing touch. Like yes, each one goes do. through, is like, so the Deva is like average of 20, the Planetar is 30, and then the Solar is 40. It's kind of the same scaling with the, the bonus die for damage, radiant damage yeah. on attacks. Correct. Do they appear often in lore? Do Would you recommend having them more frequently in a world or less frequently? I discussed this on the way over here that that I don't have them currently a plan for them in my world, but then Dan was mentioning that my world currently, the, the storyline deals with devils. So like, that that brought up the point of why aren't angels in the play as well? So like, I should have more angels in my world coming down, maybe visiting, maybe being acolytes. Angels and, versus demons. Yeah, angels versus demons. So, or devils. devils. Well, it, any fiend, really. It's right. the kind of the the whole cliche good versus evil battles. But the way that I see that, or the the way that I remember lore for the angels is only for dire circumstances. They're not really much for like coming down and being like the head priest of a church just to get more worshippers towards this god so the god gets more power it's more of this prime plane or the Shadowfell or the fey wilds they're a little out of corruption they're deeming more evil than the plane is the, the denizens of the plane are going to be able to handle let's send some of our celestial kin to maybe combat it a little bit and that's why I kind of see like the devas as like the entry the pawns. They're, I wouldn't say like a lower angel, but they're definitely those ones that you send in mass, and if they can't handle it, then you send in the planetars, and they're like battle hungry. And if they can't handle it, then you send in the solars, which are 
probably just as dangerous as the fiends they're fighting. Devas are the squad, the infantry that goes in. Yeah. Planetars are like the shock the troops. Shock troops, and then you know, the solars, solars are, are the generals. Generals, exactly. Um, that. <laughs> yeah. So, quick question before we continue, I just uh, had the thought. We talked about with the Empyreans that it's possible that an evil or chaotic god could have an Empyrean. Is it possible for a chaotic or evil god to have a deva or angel of some sort? The way that I see it is like, yes, there's the whole Christianity or Catholic where there's the fallen angels become like a Lucifer himself or Gabriel where they became exiled from the, the divine planes. It's, I wouldn't say it's more of a moral, I mean, the book says it's a moral compass switch, but I would like, I, I kind of think of it more as the fact that they're, in their mindset, they're still lawful good. It's just how they're going about this lawful goodness. That wasn't, like, accepted by their god. Yeah, exactly. They went too far, and it was, like, and it was detrimental. It was against the overall ideal of the god and so the god is like you know i don't own you anymore other another way that can happen which there's actually an example of this in one of the uh, adventures published by wizards which is angels can also be tricked essentially mm-hmm. and that can lead to corruption to them as well so kind of like how daniel was saying that they can be lawful good and in their minds they are still lawful good but if you can trick their perception of like what's going on around them, they can start behaving in evil manners while still thinking they're doing the right thing. Cor- correct me if I'm wrong, though. Don't angels have true sight? Uh, yes. Remember, yes. That was correct. So, so how do you trick s- someone that can see through yeah, everything? Yeah, so solar angels and planetary angels not only have true sight, but they have a divine sense in which they can, if it knows if you're lying. Right. It just knows. If it hears a lie, it knows it's a lie, and will probably call you out on it. Oh, man, you have That's to... why it's really, I would say it's really hard. Really, really hard to alter the perception of at least a planetar or a solar. A deva, not so much. A de- yeah, a deva does not have divine sense. So. Or true awareness. sense. Yes. And then there's also, you can go as far as magical corruption. Where it's it's not necessarily trying to trick the devil or the I'm sorry the uh, angels it's the you're just straight up manipulating their mindset. So yeah. what exactly can a deva can they do as far as combat? Seeing as even if they are lower than the other ones as far as power, are they still strong? Do they have a lot of combat potential, or is it just kind of I mean angel esque? The out of the three, this one carries the the mace, so it does the the usual mace damage of one d six, very average, other than the attack bonus, so they hit which hard. is just an eight. So, I like how their stats are basically the same as a min maxer that brings their pre rolled character to a new campaign. Right. 18, 18, 18, 18, Except it's a little different for the data. If you look at it, it's kind of like the ideal character like the the, the the perfect quote unquote character where they've got the best stats they have some magic they have combat abilities they have healing okay. they have flight but to add to what I was saying um, all of the angels have the angelic weapons so they all do a certain amount of radiant damage to the hits so with the devas it's 48 
uh, the planetars are 5d8 and 68 for 68 the, for the solars yeah. so yeah uh, nothing specific like this is the I, I hate using the word but lower of the the they aren't they aren't the fighters whereas the planetars are or the solars these are the clerics these are the healer right. healing ones um, as so Dan said. they're more support then is what you're saying like what, what, what they have and what they can do is more yeah a more of a, like a watch over the world for my god kind of idea right okay. now I'm, also to be fair we are relatively speaking about a deva compared to other angels mm-hmm. in that it is an inferior fighter yeah on their own though like That's against what, yeah. like mere mortals say if you're fifth level a deva will probably kill you yeah. Um, they are a CR-10 in the Monster Manual, and, like, they do have good stats. Like, if you also look, like, their armor class, AC-17, and on average about 136 hit points, and, you know, because, like most other angels, they can fly, so they can get away from in combat if it gets too risky for them. Right. They also, all angels have this as well, they have magic resistance, so they actually are... A little harder to kill, like in addition to their armor with spells, because they have some level of resistance to magical effects that are used against them. So, it's not to say when we say that they're uh, like the lower end of angels, they're still very capable creatures in in combat, and they can still you know serve their gods for whatever purposes they need to. They're just you know obviously not as good as the next two, which are. By all designs, essentially, D&D bosses. So, let's go on to the next two. We have the Planetar. What makes them different? They are the, the warriors. If things really do start to get bad, and the Deva, it's kind of out of the Deva's hands, where, say, the Fiends or the, the, the natural order of evil is starting to take over the, the, the three prime planes, then that's when these higher deities will often send the Planetar, which is kind of the the elite military force of angels they come down they start you know combating but the way that i like to look at it is that it's also at detriment of the planes themselves they're going to without without uh, hesitation slay evil at any cost right even at the cost of mortals that may be standing in the way yeah and so i I have a hard time arguing that they're good because they would go to such lengths. They don't take human life into pre- preservation. or. Nope. But then that feels more like a whole religion debate, and let's not get into that. They will upturn a city just to find the evil. Yeah. Um, so, unlike the Devas, these, these ones have more spells, like Blade Barrier or Flame Strike with their sword. You know, just like decimate. Yeah. crowds of people so, so what you guys would like to say is that he would have like a third description instead of just lawful good he would be lawful good chaotic it's, it's like a pseudo yeah. chaotic well and that's where like morals in D&D in general are just kind of swayed what you may view as lawful good I'm looking at you and it's very chaotic good because you're going to extreme lengths you're not from my eyes are not being very lawful it's they're following their own laws and it's yeah. like it's Their really laws say one thing up to the interpreter on what the actual moral code right. is. Right, whoever they are, they are justifiers. They are the ones. Whatever their gods want them to do, 
they're going to go do it. If they want them to go destroy this evil by any means, it's going to happen. Or they're going to, I, I don't know, like, do angels die in a sense? Or do they, are they brought back to the heavenly planes? They die. Okay. They die. Um, they are very much like fiends, except for they don't go back to the planes. They don't have that. Their mortality lies in their age. They don't age. They don't disease. They just die. Okay. And then it only seems to be in combat or by their god's will in which they live or die. But trying to fight a angel, like you said, against mortals, it's going to be nigh impossible. Right. Without I, preparation, at least. I would see it more like I would add because they don't have this, but like, unless I, I'm not reading it, um, like if they do die, they explode in radiance and like a, a crater is like built up or something along like where where that person dies, especially with a plantar or a solar. I kind of like the idea that the supernatural took on it is where it kind of leaves a, a, a scar on where they died, a bright flash of light, and then just a scar of wings. Like oh. in, like almost uh, charcoaled into the the background behind the creature. Gotcha. I like that idea. Um, I don't know about exploding for damage. I know that there are creatures out there that do stuff like that. I mean, it's not to say it can happen. I mean, sure. any DM can do anything different. Uh, I I also like the idea that these would probably be the guardians of. So say a a party let's say we're running an evil campaign and your goal is to go after you know Paylor. these will probably be the guards to Paylor's castle or Paylor's location mm -hmm. you wouldn't really see the davids they would probably be the cannon fodder sent to stop you first but after you reach the plane it's going to be the planetars that'll be there at the gates oh, being yeah. like, you can't pass right they're the the judgment i think yeah. even earlier than that in an evil campaign like you know when the evil party starts to like gain some level of like higher prominence to so maybe say i would even say as early as like eighth or ninth level yeah one single planetaire comes down and just tries to like stop you then and there as not necessarily to kill you but sort of like a warning of like if this is the path you chose if this like, is, you continue you down this die. path, yeah. I would say Hindal is a planetar from Thor. Oh, like Heimdall? He, Heimdall, yeah. Yeah, I was Hindal. Awful. Hindal. Heimdall. Yeah. Uh, I, would, I could see that. Yeah, kind of the, the guardian to the, the planes, yeah. And he's a. Wings. You could admit you were just looking at the picture and that's what you saw. So. No, I. I, I <laughs> yeah, he's kind of got the, the sword and, yeah. Yeah. and <laughs> the, the sword the down, standing bald, like, the pupilless eyes. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. All right, and then the last one, of course, is the solar, the archangels of these. Yeah, they. I would say they border godlike strength, and, and I mean they're kind of described as such. They have phenomenal abilities. In common lore, it's there's only a limited number of them in total. Mm -hmm. Not like total per god. It's just total. Oh, it's like it's like the four you know archangels. It's it's just like these are yeah. limited. Yeah. So I I'm trying to think of the Great Wheel cosmology. I think it's there's 24 different planes, and I kind of like to think of it as like there's one of these solar angels for each. Right. I would say like if a god were to take a, a you know a form a solar would, would be what in my world at least is what they would take form in 
Oh, as to like not instantly burn out the eyes of any mortal oh, yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um I like yeah, I like that idea. Um this the thing that awestrucks me and I'm jumping right into combat here with the solar is the 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 slaying longbow. Oh yeah, this the it's like absolutely terrifying because essentially it's just a walking murder machine that you know as a fight goes on becomes incredibly more dangerous. I'm thinking along the lines of if let's go back to the evil campaign. This is like the final boss for that evil uh, party. If they slay a solar or manage to steal the slaying longbow they're nine like near unstoppable they would have to fight a god next that's the only way possible because that slaying longbow at least i would interpret it it's the bow itself not the angel's power that flows through it so having that bow in an evil campaign is like and you guys basically take over rulership of the entire <laughs> world <laughs> I don't know. Until all the gods <laughs> lied. Or at least you could if you could ever return back to the prime material plane. <laughs> For now, you're stuck in Paler's Heaven. Right. That bow alone, I mean, finger of death worthy, but constant every attack, it sucks. And, well, and it's awesome. Just, at the just same to time. Like, help people, what exactly <clears throat> does it do? And why is it so terrifying? So basically, it's one of those effects where if you're below 100. HP and you yeah. get hit by this. 190. Oh, 190. Yeah. It what? says in my book. Oh, 100. 100. Just kidding. I have a typo. Yeah. Um, that you have to make a save. If you fail that, you're instantly dead. It's not a hard save though, and if you're fighting a solar at this level, you should have a decent Constitution save with the proficiencies and not. Not saying it's that, a oh. hard save for a wizard. <laughs> yeah. True. It's a hard save if you don't have a paladin in the it's party. A hard save for a lich. Stay, yeah. stay close to your power. I don't know, because, I mean, with most casters, if assuming feats are allowed in the game, you have Warcaster, which gives you advantage on the save. So you have that little plus five bonus, essentially. Mm -hmm. And if you have a Paladin with the Aura Boost... Yeah, you have a Paladin with the Aura Boost. If you take Resilient Feat, it adds your proficiency. Like, there are many ways to make sure you save, but even then... You still got that one... It's not just that. It's, it's going to whittle you down while doing this so yeah. eventually you're just going to be every time it hits you with that bow it's going to be damage does it do if it doesn't kill you well, on average it's it can do 42 damage to you on a hit yeah and then make you if you're below 100 make a save or die i would say it would chip at a barbarian yeah likely the barbarian would probably be the one to survive the most hits off of it yeah the most but three hits but these things below 100 well these things are also intelligent enough to pick off the magic users first yeah, and yeah. then just focus one-on-one -on -one with the barb yeah it would just long range shot find that wizard and just be like you're dead well it's not the only long range it can do it can release its great sword and just have it fly around and attack too yeah and then they so just keep in combat with the barbarian with your long great sword and, and then just pick off your <laughs> the healer and the magic you like it would be a de definitely this would be boss level kind of material. Yeah, high end game level 19, you know, like 17, 18, 19, or 20. Like, it's definitely end game material kind of boss. I love that fact that it, like, if you just release it, it releases its greatsword, it pulls out its, you know, slaying bow, and then the 
two, two, three, four attacks, you know, just, just slaying monsters. And if you want to make it even more dangerous and ridiculously crazy, its armor class of 21 can be increased with the Guardian Shield? The one where you just release uh, and it flies around you? Yeah, no. I, I mean... Well, I'm just saying, like, if you want to get ridiculous, like, somehow yeah. your characters are able to hit well, a 21 reliably maybe boost its AC with an actual armor or you know have the floating shield there are some ways that you can boost it around ridiculous is, is the legendary actions which you know the other two don't have I mean to teleport to a spot shoot off your arrow and then teleport again at a different point or even this blinding gaze god that's great like blind the creature they're terrible for the whole what is it round? No, it's it's permanent. It's until yeah, it's until permanent. it gets healed by magic. So yeah. to kind of go and this gives a good idea of how to use a solar is that while they do have this slaying longbow, a lot of its benefits actually come from just getting into the thick of combat. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, it can you can utilize this in a way that can really like manipulate battlefield and move around a lot, cause the party to kind of freak out and not know where to go. Because for one legendary action, it can basically teleport 120 feet. On its turn, it can fly 150 feet. Yeah. So it has a lot of mobility it can use. Two of its three legendary actions, it can use Searing Burst, which basically every creature it chooses within 10 feet of it has to succeed on a DC 23 saving throw. Uh, and then basically it's going to do a total of 8d6 damage on a fail or half on a success just for you being next to it. It's yes. burning you away. So it teleports, and then it's next after the end of the person's turn, the next turn, it freaking explodes into a fireball, and then its turn comes around. It gets all those legendary actions back. It, it's it's definitely very mobile. It's very yeah. heavy header. I mean, I like to think that anything in the monster manual with a legendary action is definitely in-game material. Yeah. <laughs> Unless for some reason you manage to figure out a way and throw it early, definitely like, not all, just most. Going off of like how we've treated the, de uh, the diva and the planetar, what exactly are their purpose as a solar? I mean, yes, they can be like one of the final like things you would fight before you fight the god or it, it itself be the final boss but what is their purpose amongst the hierarchy of angels the right hand of god the word Literally. of god yeah like yeah. it would be the last the last person before god himself or a god or herself so would they just be the constant guard just always there always protecting oh yeah if you kind get to of. the hall of the god you know he's going to be sitting in the chair of the god you know and he's you're going to walk up to him and he's going to sit up or stand up and with the sword and just be like wow well done you know let's get this fight over with i also think that like very much like how the planetars are very destructive and this is why i mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast that these are probably the most dangerous if there's a prince of of evil or for some reason like the opposite they will meet on the prime material plane and they will destroy heaven hell and earth just to get this prince of evil if they can so what i'm getting out of these angels especially with how you're describing it is that they get worse and worse as they go for worse and worse situations yeah this is like a 
like world apocalypse kind yeah. of good and evil fight that's this is what you would see in said fights is solars versus even, demon princes feel bad for them being like or devil princes uh, fiends they only have three types of angels as opposed to devils having a shit ton yeah I mean they if have, it's they not have, broke don't fix it yeah they have <laughs> a lot more power behind their belt especially with all this these kind of powers yeah and I mean these aren't the only celestials but these are the like the primary yeah, angels yeah. I was gonna say because we've talked about Imperians right. unicorns well I'm saying like as yeah. far as angels go as far as their archetype I also don't hey, see sorry. them as getting out much. You know, like, they're they're just at right hand of yeah. God, you know? They're not I mean, going out there doing things. Unless there is a God that ends up becoming... Uh, or someone that's arisen to a God and is on the prime material plane. Vecta. I could see that uh, them sending a solar to then help combat that, if they ha if they can. Yeah. Mercer did no, we didn't. <laughs> no, that was up to the his the gods party. may not have had solars. You know, who knows if uh, if they even had it. And plus, their gods didn't. Yeah. His gods didn't seem like as powerful enough to have. They only ha he only had planetars. Well, on their own plane, and that's kind of where I think like the limitation is too. Is I feel like the solars are kind of blocked by that gate. Mm -hmm. So they're much like the gods. They can't just waltz into the prime planes. They kind of have to. They're kind of blocked by this celestial gate, or this is uh, um, probably be outer, really difficult to yeah. send them to the prime material plane. If, you know, yeah, and I think that's kind of like what, like the reason Mercer did is because first off, the gods want to protect themselves mm -hmm. more than they want to protect everyone else, and then secondly, they might have trouble getting through said gate that you know high level casters can get through with plane shift. Right. And I, I got one more question: is something we haven't really addressed with these things. Do angels just appear? Are they created? Are they born? Do the gods just simply have them created made? by will? Just, just they like, appear. I would say the the deva and the planetars are just created by sheer will of the gods or the deities. Mm -hmm. But I feel like solar is actually a piece of the gods' overall essence, and that's why there's so limit of them. It creates so much work and it tires out a god so much that it would. That's why there's probably a limit to them. At least that's my theory. That's a good like question because I'm like, okay, so what if they're like devils? What if they are all devas, and then they Just make they start to go up higher devils, higher you know? Oh, climb the the archaeology uh, angelic hierarchy. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. What Jeez. if you know? I can English. You know, they make it to planetar. So really, what you're saying is, is the devas can level up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So wait, they have hair, lose hair, and they gain hair again. Yep. <laughs> it's a I mean, I know, I know, Planetars could probably have hair. You can choose to have them have hair, but, but the hair is radiant this time. No, I'm just kidding. Normally, they're depicted as bald. Um, an idea I had while we were sitting and discussing this is: so imagine a religion gets created around a god. As long as someone or some group of people believe in this god. It causes this god to exist. Okay. In addition to that, the way solars are created is, say, like, every time a large cathedral or monument to these gods is created, it essentially creates some sort of divine magic, or it could even be a magical artifact of some sort that resides in this temple. And almost like a phylactery, that solar's life is now tied to that temple. Ooh, essentially. that's cool. And the more that gods gets worshipped like across the cosmos and with all these different temples 
it gets more solars that actually uh, like follow it. I like that idea, especially with the uh, if you wanted to do heaven and hell uh, against each other, that'd be one hell of a target to go after. Would be go after cathedrals to lessen the power of those beings if that was more known fact. Exactly. You <laughs> even have. Oh, sorry. Number. I was gonna say you even have a point near the in the game. Evil mage or something is going around trying to essentially like tip the balance in favor of demons walks over to an area where say it's like a large city and like within it's like two or three like cathedrals maybe like the place of like that religion's like mortal hierarchy he just comes over and he's like meteor swarm and just levels the entire city yeah. suddenly that god's power just drops because of that one act especially if it's a heavily religious city exactly and to kind of build off of your theory where they're kind of tied to these cathedrals what if like super devout religious characters whether acolytes clerics priests that when they die they kind of instead of their soul just moving on their soul ascends to angelicode where they become devas or like the the true devouts become uh, planetars where they're just like here you've been such a great worshiper you can continue to serve me in your afterlife <laughs> another idea i wouldn't mind having is uh, to go along with the idea of having more followers equals more power is that maybe once the god starts he literally has n almost little to no power and no followers as far as angels in any sense divas planters swords and anything like but the more followers he gets the more abilities to create divas planetars and later on once he gets to a higher point to actually be able to create solars to help protect his newly found power and be able to uh, create his own following from that. So, and the more followers that way, the more power. Now that we're done discussing mechanics and, and ideas, have we used them in, in our campaigns? Or do we have ideas other than these ones where that are already set out for our campaigns? I know we've come across one. Uh, Dan, let's uh, discuss your Deva encounter with... Right, so... <laughs> <laughs> there was um, one example that I have. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. There is one example I have where uh, the party was. Well, I think have we shared this story before? We, we actually have did. shared this. Story yeah, we before. did. Uh, we kind of went over it briefly with yeah. the uh, our, our previous well, we episode talking, with yeah, the personal quests okay. or personal uh, campaigns. Yeah. yeah. So it was in my campaign um, uh, where Loki was helping some of his old friends, which were NPCs, uh, to steal a, uh, a wand that is tied to the god of magic in that campaign. And unbeknownst to them, there was essentially a guardian for this wand, which was a deva who was disguised as a human cleric. And he was essentially guarding it in the room. Fortunately, was not spotted by anyone in that group and Loki managed to share their entire plan out loud. The Deva heard it, and then after Loki sort of came back to his senses, the Deva approached them. Do you uh, have a name for this Deva? Uh, his name was Deacon. Deacon. Yeah. Uh, or at least that's the name that he gave. He does have a different name. Yeah. And Deacon. so Deacon basically uh, tried to chase them down to get the wand back, 
he, if I remember correctly, actually rolled really horribly most of the fight. For the Sleet Storm, I think he it? got, like, tripped over, fell. He, yeah. he had a rough life. So I started off with the combat with getting my best friend turned invisible and just having him leave. Like, the entire room. I think he got out of the room before the David closed the door and then locked it with magic. The one of the thief NPCs unmanaged to unlock the door, and then he ran out. And then basically it was me and uh, High Elf. I don't know if she was a fighter or a thief herself. Oh, she's a rogue. Oh, she was a rogue herself. Okay. Mm -hmm. the, after I knew that those two were out, I was like, "Run! <laughs> don't stay here. Run! I've got it." And I managed to get, I managed to trip up the Deva just enough for us to get far enough away. I think we ran into a room around this mansion. I literally just threw her out of a window and then cast Featherfall on her. And then I was like, I could totally just jump out too. But it has wings, so it'll catch us. So instead of having him chase my three, well, my best friend and my two new friends, I sat down and took the fall for it all. Yeah, that... This Deva is working with this noble. Yeah, and I can actually show a bit of that, and that's okay. So, Deacon's mission is he was actually sent by the god of magic um, on this quest, essentially, to where he, sort of behind the scenes, is there to advise and support this noble. Uh, the noble's name is Udo Milner. And essentially, Deacon's mission is to make sure that Milner reclaims his birthright, essentially, which is uh, to be, once again, uh, in charge of an empire that has fallen on hard times. Mm -hmm. And part of that involves uh, Milner having possession of this wand. For now. For now. <laughs> and... Uh, Deacon is there in addition to advising Milner to make sure that wand doesn't fall into the wrong hands. Unfortunately for them, there are people that do know this wand exists and where it is, and have, such as in the case when Loki went to try, are attempting to steal it away. It's interesting to think that the gods are, are controlling the Empire or tr trying to get this accomplished like right now what i will say in this is, is the god of magic, somewhat though. different from my world compared to other worlds is my gods in a lot of instances are a lot more proactive about certain things mm -hmm. so while how we were describing you know devas are kind of like work behind the scenes and kind of like pop up on occasion and then planetars and later solars are only sent in more and more dire needs mm -hmm. my world doesn't necessarily pertain to that. There are instances where a certain god may decide it needs to do something in the world to affect it, and in doing so will send, say, a deva on a mission, or could send a planetar to, like, destroy maybe, like, an evil cult or something. Right. Does anyone else have plans for him? Or ideas? Or ideas. In my campaign... The way that I have the gods, and I know we're talking about angels here, but unfortunately they're very directly related to them. Uh, the way that I have it is that everyone worships the gods individually. So whether your culture, and this is kind of how I opened it up for players, be like, hey, I want to worship Thor. Okay, cool, you worship Thor. Okay, cool, you worship Paylor. They just happen to be the same person or stuff like that. Like, 
I have that open until the story progresses far enough that the characters or maybe knowledgeable NPCs have hired the characters to find information that dictates otherwise because there is a difference in my campaign that I don't want to share yet because I feel like it'll be a big reveal as far as the way that magic works and the gods how they work and so on and so forth that is not to say that there aren't angels in the world but unlike just the devas having the polymorph ability all three of them have the polymorph ability in my campaign so you guys have actually seen two of them but I won't say as to who I just leave it at that cliffhanger but other than that like there ideas I mean you can keep them like in Daniel's campaign where they're very proactive you can keep them in mine where they're just waiting on the sidelines you can keep them as traditional where they're just in the back lines whatever you do be sure that not, I would say I would argue against using them to save a party like if like, a party's gonna fail a party's gonna fail if you're gonna save them make it a one time thing don't yeah. make it a oh every time you've got an angel walk, watching over you and every time you guys oh, start to one. start to die or oh I just cast raised dead on you right and I discussed that with um, the Imperian episode like one got placed on there to save one of the party members just that and that then he left so unless we have any other ideas i think that'll wrap it up for today's episode i've really convinced myself of using my own idea with the temple and the solars yeah that sounds fun also we're gonna figure out a way to put out a poll there so you guys can uh start um making decisions on what we talk about next suggestions um, ideas yeah and we'll we'll get to work on that and then um in the next few episodes we'll hopefully uh get some things out before you guys start discussing what you guys want to listen to so until next time Thank you for staying at the Bardic Inn. If you would like to hear more, we will be uploading new content Thursdays at noon PST on iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, and Podbean. If you have any recommendations on future content, you can leave a comment on these various platforms, or you can contact us on Twitter at the Bardic Inn, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Bardic Inn. We're your local bards. Daniel. Andrew. Dave. And Jake. Be inspired.